Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today we are talking about transitioning to online work. Mm. It's almost a very common thing these days is going in the online sort of e-commerce space, but it definitely hasn't always been that way. Like if you look at social norms and the way in which we work and function as a society, it's very much like trade-dominated, education, healthcare, but there's these pockets that you can launch online businesses and go into new platforms and earn a living and, you know, turn your profession into a passion as well or your passion into a profession, I should say. So we really want to talk about our experiences and maybe just some tips for being able to do that. Yeah. And given that we've had the past two years with restrictions on, you know, where we can work and how we can work, I feel like this question to us has been popping up a lot. People obviously see that we now work online and they want to know how they can do it. Um, But what I also noticed was it's kind of our generation that really want to dive into it because we grew up in school learning computers. I mean, it was very different back then, but you know, our parents, it's foreign to them. So our generation were very lucky um, that we got introduced to computers at a young age. And it's only going to be so crazy to see what the next generations are going to do. I mean, you know, my little nieces and nephews are whizzes on the iPads and all of that. So it's, it's going to be so interesting to see what's to come. Yeah, I still remember in primary school, we had like computer class. Yeah. And you would learn how to use like Microsoft Word. You'd have like a whole lesson on Microsoft Word and typing. I still remember yep. the program where when I got, uh, I taught, I got learned, I learned how to type um, or speed type with like a, a tea towel over my keyboard. And I used to do this program. Wow. The, uh, the letter would fall down or the number and you'd have to push it without uh, looking I still remember oh, that's that. cool whereas you don't have to do that anymore right because no I feel I mean, like they're born with that ability <laughs> like they're just born with yeah. that DNA how to I remember when uh, the iPhone first came out oh yeah showing my age now yeah. guys, oh, I'm, man. I'm only 27 but I feel like I'm like you know 67 but I remember when the iPhone came out and I remember looking at the keyboard my friend had one I'm like that's stupid you're never going to be able to type on that thing like yeah. you're, never, you're so used to that but it's incredible now to look at your iPhones and be like the the power in an iPhone is like 10 times the amount of the things that I learned how to use Microsoft Word on. Oh, yeah. And do you remember getting your first computer in the house? Like, oh, we, because there was room. literally, there was hard, we didn't have like an extra room for a study or a computer room because it wasn't a thing. So we would just pop it in the corner of the dinner table. And then it was like a whole event on who needed to use it because we had to let the whole house know, hey, I want to jump on the computer, make your phone calls now because I'm going to have a dial-up plug-in and that horrible sound of it dialing up, it was just, and it would just take a while to load, but we were happy to sit there for 10 minutes. Now if something doesn't load in under three seconds, we just get so angry. Like it's just been nuts. And then you'd pop your floppy disk in, play a few of your games. Oh, no. (laughs) I remember that. The evolution is insane, right? And that's only in our our short lifetime. Can it was like just... 20 years ago, man. That's the scary thing. Yeah, it's Probably crazy. Probably a bit more now. Yeah. It's crazy. So this is the really important thing to understand. Like in this day and age, things can just change so quickly. But when you look at 
really ingrained industries and jobs, they're built from a very, very long uh, or a long time ago. So I'm Mm. thinking of, you know, in healthcare, it's still very traditional. It takes 20, 30 years to change a policy. Whereas in the IT e-commerce online space, you change it like this and it's done. All of a sudden we've got a new app, new platforms, new ways of doing things. Mm. Uh, It doesn't come out of nowhere, but all it takes is to look back and go, wow, I was using a floppy disk, you know, years ago. So I really want we used to go down to the local market and there'd be rows oh. of them and you have to search them like yep. um your record vinyls yeah. oh, i'd love to know how many people listen to this are like what is a floppy disk right oh my god we're... google it and google the dial-up sound if you haven't heard that's it fun. that's fun <laughs> um but i really wanted to open up this podcast with you know having a little bit of a, a chat and just normalizing that it's okay to move away from tradi- traditional ways of earning yep. a living and living in general you know like getting married buying a house going to uni doing things that Mm -hmm. everyone thinks is so ingrained as a form of success and that is the pathway uh, that you have to take and it starts from school right yeah do you remember having like a career hub or like a career advisor would tell you almost in print at a young age what avenue you should go down yeah and you have to do those tests and then whatever's on your list you're like oh fuck oh well that's all I can ever be do you remember doing those tests? Yes, no. I'm a few years older than you. Now I'm showing my age, so maybe it was a bit different. Wow, you got a script. Like literally like a personality test, and then it oh. would print out jobs that would suit you. You didn't do oh, that? Oh, wow. So Man, that was up. full on, yeah. Yeah, see, look, 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 look. we're brainwashed from a young age to think that, you know, you've got to do X, Y, and Z to earn a living. and. Yeah. I was, I was even saying like, I know like everything's changed so much as well. So we're only speaking from our experience when we were going through the education system and schooling in general, but it, there's so much diversity and change. It's really just about figuring what you're passionate about. And if you can find that, you can make a living from it. Like, I don't want to yeah. be that person to say like, you can do anything because it's still going to take work yeah. Uh, and you're still going to figure out ways in which it's you know, reliable and profitable and stable, et cetera. Mm. Um, But there's so many different pathways. And I think there's not enough people having that conversation and normalizing it that it does seem very taboo to people that they're like, oh, so what do you mean? And I'm just like that this is that that's this conversation is going to be gone in 10 years time because it's going to be so well understood what online coaching is, what creating apps are, what social media is and how that is a marketing platform and how these spaces are merging. And now I guess professional is becoming personal and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. And you're always going to get a majority of the people who just feel more comfortable being told what to do. And that's Mm. so fine. And we've spoken about that on previous episodes. And that's great. You have a time where you clock on, you clock off and you don't think about work. But for people who just have that feeling inside them, and they know that there's more, don't give up. I mean, you get people, you get kids making millions of dollars from playing like Fortnite or from TikTok or all of that. Like our our career advisors did not know what that even was to even give us a pathway to go that way. But they literally just followed what they love doing. And Mm. you and I definitely have done the same, but it's a process of trial and error because what we love doing now will not be the same in 10 years time. We're going to keep changing, but we took the quote unquote risk 
And that's the thing. People think it's, it's risky, but for me living in a mediocre job and life, like that's way worse pain than, than trying to do what you love. Mm, Well said. And I think um, that's, that's what you're told is like, you're sort of told this stable lifestyle is, is the epitome of, of like wealth and happiness. And it couldn't be like, the more opposite like sure if you absolutely love what you do then of course it is like it doesn't matter but if you've got a passion that's outside of the pathway that you thought you had to go down it's it's risky to not pursue it in my opinion you know you need to be able to learn to take the risk um and to be able to actually reap that reward yeah but it's not for everyone I mean we know now what it's like to be working for ourselves and working purely online and it is much harder mm. and we're going to go through the pros and cons, but um, I feel like a lot of people still have this false sense of what the laptop lifestyle is. And I, I joke about it because I used to think, you know, you take your laptop to the beach and you just do whatever you want, but the work doesn't end. It's, yeah. it's very full on. It's amazing. Yeah. And we love the chase. We love having goals. Mm. We love feeling the, the highs and the lows, but look, it's not for everyone. Yeah. I always want to tell people as well, like if you're unhappy in your nine to five, please recognize that. Cause I think it must be really hard to think like I used to think, Oh, well, you just work to earn a living and it's okay if you enjoy what you're doing, but you can love what you do. Like you can love what you do. And people will say, Oh yeah, but you're lucky. You know, you're lucky mm. that you found that. And that pisses me off. I'm mm. not lucky. Right. Like I had to go through a period as well where it was like big risk, like challenging people telling me not to do it. Everyone going, but why? Like you've got this thing and, you know, do this. And there was a lot of uncertainty um, and I didn't know if it was going to pay off. Mm. You know, I I didn't know if things were going to work out. But the for me, the burden of not knowing would have killed me. And I also think, um, like I said, I almost want to say from the other side of the fence, like you don't have to just get through the week and live for the weekend. Yeah. Like you really don't have to do it. And that's what it's, what it's like. It hurts me when I hear people talk about their job and being in something that makes them miserable and yeah. they just can't wait. Like TGIF, they just can't wait to knock off. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that sucks. You've either got to, um, you've either got to go through something to live a better lifestyle. So for example, uh, my parents have actually said this to me, like they work incredibly hard for like three mm. months of the year. My dad does like 14 hour days, seven days a week, wow. all on. Um, and you know, there's days where he's like, oh, I hate this. Yeah. But the the outcome of getting the rest of the year off, earning a lot of money and being able to live the lifestyle that they want is worth that con, right? Yep. Of the hard work. So yep. I think it's it's important to be able to go through the the pros and cons because as you mentioned, even with online stuff, it applies to every business. And that's why yep. I wanted to give that context. There's yeah, got to be pros and cons to doing both. Yeah, you're not going to have all elements that you're 100% enjoy and it makes you happy like that's just life that's reality but there are many ways that you can get around it and that was awesome context I mean there are going to be elements of your job that you don't like doing and elements that you love it but as you said weigh it up and what is the general feeling when you wake up if your alarm goes off are you resenting what you have to do for the day or are you happy and perspective is everything no matter what your career is you can choose to love it no matter what it is but if you just can't then might be time for a change. Yeah, and don't push yourself in a box. Don't push yourself yeah. into a box that you feel like you should be. And I guess um, we're going to go through our individual stories anyways. But for me, like when I was going through nursing, like I lacked 
nursing. I liked being able to communicate and connect with so many people every day. I loved the challenges. I loved never being the smartest person. I love there always being room for improvement. I love the human body and anatomy and like, I loved so many components of it. Um, But then when I went into midwifery, I saw people that loved midwifery. I saw people that like live and breathed that lifestyle because it is a very tough profession to be in if you're not Mm. all in it like you can only imagine you've really got to be in that for and I saw midwives I'm like wow you are so passionate about childbirth like you are so passionate and when I could see that because I was at one of the big like the biggest hospital in Australia where all the top midwives would go to work pretty much I could see that like level of passion that a lot of people have had for it and I sort of started to recognize that that was how I felt about fitness okay and I was like oh, I'm thinking about fitness at work, Mm. you know, and going through Mm. that. And whilst I liked something, and this is probably a bit of a different point for me, I didn't hate my job. I didn't get to a point where I was like, I resent this or anything. I actually liked parts of my job. That's why it was challenging more so to transition from something I liked to something I loved um, because I I absolutely could have stayed in that and been quite happy for the rest of my life, really. Like I was going to be a clinical educator. I had other things that I wanted to pursue that um, if you look at what I'm doing now, like I've just taken some of those things that I loved and put it into an area and now I love it even more. So Mm. It's easy to, um, for someone that hates their job, that's a massive red flag. And that's like, you, you've got no option to transition, Like in my opinion. But even if you like your job, how can you love it? And that's a question that you can sort of ask yourself to be able to make that probe of whether this is a possible avenue. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's a lot easier to leave something that you hate mm. or you resent or there's a reason um, I feel like we still need reasons, not only to justify to ourselves, but people ask why, why, why? And, you know, just like relationships, even if nothing bad happened, you might know that it's just not right or a friendship and to not have almost a reason is harder. Whereas if, if you can say, oh, they did this, they did that, you convince yourself that it's easy to leave. But I remember when you were going through that transition and it was evident how much you loved working in the hospital and, and everything, but um, you could see that you were gravitating towards this, your language, your behaviors, you were loving it, just becoming obsessed with fitness. But then I'll never forget the level of resistance that you had to, to sort of fight through. Mm, yeah, it was really difficult. And I think most people are going to go through that level of resistance, whether it's because you're tied to um, like a a life and a way of doing things or whether, you know, we find other things like a home and bills to pay and family to support. Like you're always going to have a level of attachment, Um, even if it's the opinions of other people, you know, but I just think if you can sort of like somehow tap into the possibility of what you could get uh, and think of what you're going to, what the reward could be, rather than always the risk, like we're so ingrained of thinking of the worst case scenario. And whilst it's important to think, like, I don't know whether a plan B was something I ever had. I sort of Mm. just was like, there's one way, if I have a plan B, I felt like I would subconsciously not go all in on something. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's a mixture of listening to your intuition But then, as you said, also not giving yourself a plan B, like we know deep down what we love doing, but then you also have to have the work ethic to make sure when you make the change, it's never going to go sour or like it will, but you can be resilient. So it's a like people always talk about, you know, visualize your dream life and all of that. That's great. 
to get the feelings and to, to tap into yourself and say, yep, no, I actually do want that life. But then your work ethic has to be so, yeah. so, so strong and, and, and powerful to actually make it happen. Yeah, your actions have to like reflect that. A lot of people yeah. say as well, like, oh, I hope or I wish for, and you can't wish for that stuff. You've got to work for it. And I think yeah. Yeah, like have big ambitious goals, but know that it's going to take a bit of grit yeah. um, and that you're potentially going to go backwards in some areas. Like I knew letting go of something that I was almost like highly qualified in and to a senior level in some areas, yeah. I was going to take financial cut. Like I was oh, like, yeah. But, and I think so many people want, like, want to have the best of the best in, in everything. They're not willing to regress in some areas and take the loss. And yep. if you're not willing to do that, if you're not willing to be a beginner um, in all levels of what you're actually transitioning to, you don't actually deserve the risk of going through it. That's the thing. And again, everyone's in a different situation. They might think, well, I don't have any other skills. This is all I've ever known. And I feel like the longer you've been in a job or having a certain way of life, it is harder, but anyone can learn anything. Take a course, watch YouTube. Like we have information that is accessible everywhere. So you can definitely, definitely change your path. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I was like you, I never got to a point where I hated what I was doing as well. It was more just going on an adventure, again, following my intuition, what I love doing, um, moving from, yeah, I've moved jobs many times. And again, we've spoken about this in previous podcasts, but um, now I'm completely online because obviously moving states. Um, and I found that by being completely online, that allowed me to do things like this podcast. Cause mm. you, you remember, I, I'm like, Oh, I gotta go. I gotta go to this appointment now. And all of like, we would squeeze it in amongst yep. our routine and with your shifts and like that, oh, oh, remember all that? It was yes. nuts. Like, yes. and we made it work, but yeah. but I just naturally transitioned online to open the door for more things. As I said, like this podcast, like seminars, being able to have a relationship with someone from interstate. So it wasn't really, again, from a place of, I hate what I'm doing. It was like, cool, I need to change this to open these doors. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Can you think back to what the pivotal point for you was when you like went completely online? Was it a slow transition or was it more of like a, no, all right, this is it? Well, I've been completely online twice. So I went from a face-to-face personal trainer and then I worked for Hattie as a coach and that was purely online, did that for about a year. Um, And then I graduated as an osteopath and then did that face-to-face again. So I've gone Mm. changed twice um and then from the face-to-face work as an osteopath moved from hands-on work to then exercise rehab and a little bit of online so it started you know building and building and then I was seeing patients face-to-face until I moved to Sydney so it was more just like yeah I, I wanted to move into state so then I changed my work to accommodate that yeah, yeah, really good. I was just, yeah, curious mm. about um, some of the limiting beliefs that might be popping up for other people. And I wasn't oh, sure yeah. whether, um, you know, what transition would be advisable for, for most people because I, I sort of did the opposite. Like I worked in person for a little bit, but um, I would say I pretty much went straight online um, yeah. to sort of begin with. So it can look different 
regardless of what you want to do. But, and I know we've touched on this in a previous episode, we spoke about the importance of if you are working face-to-face, having an online component to that is just a very intelligent, smart way of doing business, right? You can have what you love if you love that in-person side of things and that's what your business model is and that's what you've built everything off and that's what you want to keep. A hybrid, I always thought that if I was going to do in-person, I was going to have a hybrid model. I just thought, I see my, uh, when I was working for strength and conditioning coach once a week, I was like, I see him once a week. Where's the rest of my program? We That's know how, how silly one-off sessions are in terms mm-hmm. of there's no grand scheme. If you're working on skill, it's a little bit different. Yeah. You're not aiming for consistency and progress. But if you're training with someone once a week, I almost was like, where's the rest of my program? Why don't, why don't you offer? And he was very old school, so we didn't do that. But I was like, That's what I'll do differently. Is yeah. I would have that that component of hybrid. But we really want to talk about the pros and cons of being completely online today, um, yep. because that's becoming more mainstream. I feel like it is really mainstream, but I don't know if that's just my lens from. Well, we've surrounded ourselves in it, you know, like if you talk to most people outside of the fitness world and in the bubble, they still go to work and they're not online. You know what I mean? Like depends who you surround yourself with. And you started off with a great example for the fitness industry. It allows you to spend more time with your clients. Mm -hmm. As you said, that, that one session once a week, okay, maybe if it's a technique session, all right, whatever, you can space it out. But I noticed that as well. Again, going from being um, in allied health, you'd kind of rebook someone in three to four weeks. Then I noticed that that was just not good because they'd kind of go off in the, I'd give them the exercises and they'd go off in their world and do whatever God knows in a month. And then it just wasn't um, sort of, I was going to say hands-on and it wasn't sort of interactive enough. Mm. So then by um, providing an online component, you can just sort of be with that patient um rather than sort of trying to get millions of clients cool try and get awesome results with the small group of clients that you actually have 100 like you could literally half your client load double your price and offer their whole weeks of training yeah how much better would that be in terms of a client to coach relationship progress for the client and then time for you you would probably half your time actually being face-to-face trying to you know just deliver a service rather than being like I want to teach you the thing now off you go here's the rest of your program let's chat next week they're going to see so much more progress right so that's my own bias and everyone can do their own sort of business the way that they want to but if I was doing like a hybrid approach an in-person approach I just think you're going to get lost in in the industry if you don't have this online component. You've got to yeah. be flexible yeah. in, in this online space. You have to be because technology and apps and marketing and all those sorts of things, they change so frequently. And if you're not constantly trialing and erroring and assessing, you know, you're going to get left behind. Yeah. Um, a really good example, I think, is um, like, I, um, like I have a chiropractic appointment and I missed it because there was no integration with technology for me. And I was oh, like, no booking system. No booking system. Really? Right? So like I booked it in and then I was oh. like, usually when I book stuff, it integrates with my Google calendar. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and I'm like, this, this is the way it has to be. If it's not integrating into. Normally they use Clinico or something. Look. You're going to have to have a hard word to that practitioner. I am. I am. <laughs> but this is the old, like old school, right? Yeah, and yeah. They don't see, they just give you a card and write the date. I'm like, no, oh, God. no, no, no. no. <laughs> straight in the bin. If someone hands you a pamphlet, oh. straight in the bin. But oh. why is it any different with yeah. PT sessions? Like I would hate to know how many PT sessions are missed. 
how many consults do you book and the person doesn't show? Like when you oh, when you don't days, have... particularly when they were like the six a.m. You'd be like, "Fuck oh, my life!" But everyone wants the same appointment time as well. Like, um, you know, it's always hard to to fit your clients in because people want the before work or the after work time. Like everyone mm. wants the same time as well. So yeah. if you are online, you can work whenever you want. Yeah, and that's I guess the main flex, um, the main pro of being online is just having flexibility. Yes. Um, with your own schedule. So that's huge. Um, the other one, obviously, that's been highlighted is job security during mm. COVID. I think a lot of people have been forced to go online. And when you're forced to do anything, it's usually not a good outcome. You know, because if you've got time to transition, you've got time to update and change your systems, you've got time yeah. to um, like be in touch with your clients and express to them why this is a good option. Like you can only imagine if someone's come to you for one-on-one coaching um, in person and then all of a sudden you're like, no, now we're going to email. It's going to be harder to convince that client that this is the same service, even though we have our own biases of why online is a more ideal um, way of coaching. Obviously in person has its purpose and they're different products. Mm. So Mm. it's not one for the other. It's sort of like one person comes for one. Usually I find. So job security is massive. It's also a major reason as to why people have safe jobs, teaching, nursing, law, business, all that sort of stuff. It's stable and secure. And that this is one of the risks like that you've got. I've never in my life had to worry about job security ever. Like I'm almost like pay me to leave. Like the world needs nurses. No, everyone's dying and getting born. Like that's never going to stop. Yeah. So when you go from something that's secure, it can feel like a little bit like, you know, you're not sure. Now you're in like a new way of like earning a living. And that can be that that almost falls under a con, right? Yeah, yeah, almost. It, it kind of reminded me of the transition from high school where you sort of get spoon fed everything to uni where it's like, yeah. right, this is your class. If you don't rock up, that's on you. Like these yeah. are your books. Do it all yourself. So that was. What do they the- call it? Adult based learning. I oh, loved that. So I was like, so I get to choose to come to the lecture. <laughs> That's why I didn't go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what we talk about job security. It was really cool to see people be really innovative and come up with mm. new ideas like all your zoom classes were happening new products were happening i mean if it wasn't for covid i wouldn't have been able to film for the app like because mm. obviously the gym was closed we really utilized that but then even in other industries people again just started um changing their career path they they couldn't go into the office so then they started with yeah. a side hustle selling a product or making things i really noticed a lot of people being creative and and making artwork or products for the house like it's been really cool to see people's true creativity come up when they didn't have something else filling their plate such as a mundane job that they had to go to yeah and I know like one of the key things when it comes to like online um, businesses is it's reoccurring revenue and basically that means that someone's paying a reoccurring um, appointment or contract etc rather than um, even for an in-person PT like just having someone rock up once whenever they want and have a session it's a very um, ineffective way to sort of operate your business because then you're relying on them and you don't have reoccurring income that is guaranteed that's how you create job security for yourself yeah packages yeah packages and contracts and anything that's reoccurring um subscription 
subscription-based stuff, yeah. all of those sorts of things. So when you can um, do that in an online capacity, that's how you can create security in a, in a sense for yourself. And that's really what you need to be thinking about if you transition to online, you know, what are you offering? Is it a once-off mentoring session? And there's nothing reoccurring from that. There's no outcome. Like you, the, one of the biggest benefits of going to online is not selling time for money. Yeah. So you need to be able to think, well, and shift your mindset because even I came from being paid on an hourly wage. Yeah. Right? So I, I, I was ingrained in thinking that you got paid on your time, whereas now I think I get paid on the value I provide. If I yeah. can provide value in 10 minutes, um, that then who cares? Like if you can provide that versus what a six-hour shift did for me, like you need to be able to switch your mindset if you're moving from in-person to online to go, right now I need to systemize and create my own processes that give the value um, and it's not equated with time anymore. So you just need yeah. to do that. How hard was it to get over that? Because I feel like we are all or were mm. all so programmed if something costs this much, we'd compare it to the time, but you yeah. just said it beautifully. No, it's about the value. And mm. that also um, not only allows you as a business owner to sort of get more bang for your buck and, and reach more people, but that's where the flexibility comes in because you can, you might be an early bird. So you might want to wake up at 6am and start doing a little bit of work. You don't have to wait to catch the train, go into the office or whatever, and start at nine o'clock at a time where you might not feel as productive. So that's what I really enjoyed. Like we choose when we want to work as mm. opposed to someone else telling us. And then we're trying to work through a three o'clock slump. Our eyes are closing mm. and all of that. Well, no, maybe I want to go do something else at three o'clock and then I'll come revisit it after dinner. That's yeah. what I really love. Just being able to play around with your time. Yeah. You get to use, um, you get to create a schedule based off your energy rather than the amount of hours that you're doing, so to speak. Yeah. Some of my like, like, uh, I run all my high energy need things in the morning, for example, because that's when I function best, all my grow calls, all my webinars. Like I run that in the morning because I know that I can give more value in that time given my, I don't know, just my own preferences versus if I did it like later in the day yeah. you know, where I know that I can't give the same amount of value. So that's how you get to really model your business and be able to do those sorts of things that is going to be efficient. I still remember like, God, night shift, yeah. right? Like you would drag yourself to do something at a time where, look, that has to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, that has to happen. That's just part of that job. But I used to get so frustrated that you could, for example, you might have like a really cruisy shift. If you're being paid on the hourly, I might've had a really cruisy shift. Maybe I had like no patience for like two hours and I'd be like, oh, but I still get paid the same amount as if yeah. I was in ICU with wow. like a PPH, like being like, I earned this much in that hour. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, when yeah. she's pushing for an hour, I earned the same amount as someone like not doing anything in clinic. And that I like that concept to me. And we've seen that change in industries as well. Like yeah. you get a penalty rate for night shift. You get a penalty rate yep. for COVID now. Like you get okay, things good. to say, if you're in a more stressful situation, if you're if more is required of you, um, you should be paid more. But it, the, the exact same it's applies. Case, it? It's not the case, but this exact same applies with business if you choose it to be yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah. I was staring at the Lifesavers yesterday because the waves were so big at the beach. And I'm like, these guys 
I don't even know if it's volunteer work or they must be on some sort of hourly wage. I'm like, you guys deserve to be paid more. Like, it's <laughs> oh, same, yeah. Well, sa- yep. Same as, you know, nurses and all oh. of that. My hat goes off to everyone. So it, it's good to know that, you know, there are periods where you might get a two-hour break or whatever, and there are periods where you get penalty rates. So yeah. that's sort of nice to hear. But um, more mm. needs to be done, but I, I'm sure it's coming, hopefully. Yeah, um, and I guess before... Um, like before we moved on to the um the cons one of the biggest ones is being able to reach more people yeah that is that is just in my opinion probably the the biggest one like yeah you got the flexibility for you but what about other people you know you can serve like a whole range of people all around the world and you know I think I have maybe like I don't know 50 60 percent of my clients are in Australia like the rest are in the US and the UK and you can bring those sorts of people together and be able to provide like a whole nother level of community because especially when you're working in a specific type of niche you're not going to really find all those people in your town you know they're going to be spread out so that online capacity allows you to not only like spread your message further but then also be able to offer a service to people that they wouldn't otherwise would not be able to have yeah, gone are the days of walking around your suburb um, doing letterbox drops. Oh, and- was that a thing? Oh, now I'm really shocked. Come on, three years is not that different, is it? <laughs> it must you know, be. In your Jeez. 5K radius and all of that. Yeah, I used to have wow. to, when I was working for the gym, do letterbox drops yep. and go to your local um, school and all of that. Hey, you know, we've opened yeah. up down the road <laughs> yeah. and, and it's just nuts. But so you can certainly yep. reach more people. And even this podcast, you know, when the list of all the countries came up oh. in- Spotify wrapped it was like 70 different countries so hello to everyone from all over the world yeah Um, exactly but that's the beauty of it we can record something here people can listen to it in their own time or watch it in their own time and we can also use our you know what we're providing on multiple platforms because if you're one-on-one with someone in the gym you might be giving the best information ever and it's almost a shame because it's just hidden or you know only one person gets that information but Mm. here you say something and we can just share it all over and that's also what I really love about online work as well. Yeah, the online space allows you as a creator or a business owner to create something called evergreen content. And that means that it doesn't have a lifespan. So that's things like podcasting, that's things like YouTube, that's things like webinars, recording those and sharing them. You post an Instagram post, it's gone in like, you know, the algorithm gets rid of it in like a day. No one cares, no one remembers. You post a podcast, it's here for a long period of time. You create a webinar for your community, it's there for a long, long period of time and you generate leads and business from that in years to come. Mm. So it's also like the online space is, is tricky to navigate because you also need to know how to use the platforms and the technology to be able to do it. Um, When I was getting branding and stuff done for the women's health movement, I had um, like the, the branding company, they were like an older like company in terms of like experience, but just different age bracket, right? Like different demographic. And she was like to me, you know, we'll make you um, a, um, what do you call it? Like a business card. She was saying the importance of business cards. And I'm like, I'm an online coach. You can have to post them to overseas. She was adamant that business cards were important. I said, no, I want an email letterhead. (laughs) (laughs) But she was like, no, you need, like, she was so confused. Who were you going to give them to? I don't know. I'm like, I don't even have a wallet. Thinking, I mean, do wallets have slots in Who keeps them? Oh, yes. some do, but who even keeps business cards? 
Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. But I was um, blessed. But that's just <laughs> generational, right? But when you're, I guess, in our, like, you know, if you're willing to be molded and learn, you know, and there's things that's that we're cool. having to be uncomfortable with and learn as well, yeah. programs, Adobe, Canva, TikTok, there's lots of different platforms that you have to be okay with not knowing. Yeah. Trialing and erroring. And there's going to be a generation that gets it. Like our generation gets Instagram. We get yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but there's going to be other platforms that we don't get. And mm. I guess that is probably a con. That's a con. This is the con. There's a, it's forever changing. The way And where do you put your time, right? Because oh. there's so many bloody different platforms. Yeah. The way you market now will be significantly different in the way that you market online in five years. Significantly. So we're going to be doing holograms. Like we, <laughs> they press a button, we pop up in their, in their room doing a, a consult or something. <laughs> like that's the future. No, holograms or telegrams. Both. I don't know. Video conferencing. <laughs> yeah, like 3D. Mm. Yeah, but really important to consider because yeah. there, there comes a learning skill. Like uh, you can't just drop your card around. How are people going to find your service? Like, I you I said, thinking, sorry, I keep oh. interrupting because you're going quick, but I keep having these little random thoughts um, pop up. Like back in the day when people were at a club, right, because there were no phones or whatever, or not many people had mobile phones, they used to hand out business cards to pick each other up. I went through a phase where I was watching club YouTube from the 90s just to see what it was like. Yeah, they would hand business cards to each other to to pick up their hot date. Yeah, that is so dumb. <laughs> what do you do? You just find their Instagram profile these days or find them on Tinder. Yep. You know, like everything changes and, you know, one of the big positives of technology is that it changes um, but then the con is that you need to be able to be okay with learning uh, and finding what works for you as well oh a hundred percent so you know there are people who specialize in the different platforms and you can ask for help and get a team but again mm. that's going to cost money and time and it's kind of like you have to work out where you want to dedicate your time um, yeah. but again the beauty is a lot of it can be shared but yeah if you don't have access to those programs you know that's a problem in itself and being on the computer you need you need your equipment I mean I, the other day Paul accidentally took my charger to his work mm. and I was at home I couldn't work the whole day until he came home I was yeah. like okay that's a problem with working online because I've I've got so many spare ones but they're all over the place so I didn't want to go and get another one um so I'm like oh wow that's the first sort of barrier I've ever had was my laptop was flat mm, yeah for sure like you do need all your bits like every time I go home like we talk about laptop life I need desktop like I've got a desktop yeah. now, I've got two screens, a couple of laptops, I've got a camera, I've got a ring light, a microphone. <laughs> yeah, like you've got all the bits and bobs. And um, I also think like you have to learn how to use everything. Like back yeah. in the day, how much would you pay for a photographer and videographer for marketing? Like ten thousand dollars to get oh, a campaign more? done. Yes, oh, to get a campaign okay. done. <laughs> to get a campaign done, you'd easily pay, I don't know, five to ten thousand dollars, right? Wow. Advertisement fee. Now technology allows us to do this on our own. You know, yep. I've got a camera, edit on Adobe. Like you've got things that you can do yourself. I had a photo shoot with the girls the other weekend when we come down, we just did it in my shed. And yeah, the photos good. turned out great. Like we created the website. Like this, yeah. you can do it. 
you yeah. know, but if you're willing to learn. There's parts of me that likes to do that. Yeah. So it's it's like if you like to do it, that's awesome. But, yeah, if you want to do everything the old school professional way of marketing and making it all look professional, one, I, I think times have changed and I don't actually think that's the best approach for marketing. I think something a bit more rustic and authentic actually comes across as relatable for most people yeah. rather than this big Photoshopped image um, that we all used to do. We used to do Photoshop oh, yeah. all the time. The content's great. Um, but there's there's easier ways for people to do it now that's cheap. Canva. How many designers did that put out of work? Oh, right? So you many. Start to create your own feels and, and yeah. marketing and content. And this yeah. is the way that marketing's changed. And it's a positive, in my opinion, but it's a con for the people that don't want to do the work because yeah. it means that a lot more people have access to these programs to be able to create. And if yeah. you don't keep up, you get washed away. Yeah. And it's just like any element in a business, you know, one that's even not online. It is important for the boss or, you know, creator to still know what's going on in all tiers of business, because with online, you might hire someone to make a website or you might hire someone to make an app, but you could be taken for a ride. Kind of like at a mechanic, you don't actually know what's wrong with the car and they're charging you all these things. and You're just assuming you need to pay that. But That is very much not the case, particularly with like app developers and websites. It can be from like 10,000 to hundreds of thousands and you need to know, okay, do we need this? They're charging me extra for that. I can get that there. So it is important to take initiative and at least learn the basics of what you need. It is really hard, right? And I I have a lot of empathy for that because Mm. Like, how are you going to, you don't know what you don't know. So Mm. again, if a videographer quotes you 15 grand for a campaign and you've got no context and you think this is what I have to do for marketing. Well, like, how do you know a reel is not going to be just as effective that you shoot on your phone? You don't, right? Unless you do the digging and sometimes you're going to make these financial investments and it's not going to pay off. Um, and you're going to lose out. And that's sort of part of the learning experience as well. But we see this a lot with like, you know, business coaching or apps, I don't know how many emails I get a day seeing if I wanted to start a fitness app off people that promised yeah. me the world. Yeah. And I just think it's really important to, to know that everyone is out there trying to get their piece of the pie as well. So don't oh, ever yeah. be taken for a ride when it comes to sponsorships, advertisement, and in general, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Absolutely it is. Otherwise we wouldn't be here hustling, man. We'd be <laughs> off on in the Bahamas, you know. Um, but I think because email not email marketing, but like selling a product via email. People are blind to that now. Like people are still forgetting the main, sick of it, delete straight away. You know, Um, people still haven't nailed the concept of giving value, 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 value. And then talking about your product, like people are still going in just straight for, for the home run. You know, you yeah. got to take the person out on a date first, mate, before you expect, you know, the good stuff. So yeah, don't be scared to give value, but mm. a lot of people are just skipping that. Yeah. Over deliver um, information and then give your solution for implementation. That's like a, a saying is like information, go. do the information, do like give them saying. all the information, but yeah. you're the implementation. And I think a lot of people, <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm like, it's so true. It's what everyone does in a coaching yes, space. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. But you've also, there's also no getting around trialing and error, erroring with your yeah. own community and content and way of doing things. Like if I tried to show up as Danny, it wouldn't work. If Danny tried to show up as me, it's not going to work. You yeah. know, you've 
it comes down to self-awareness and being authentic in your marketing yeah. because people sniff out um, advertisement and um, being unauthentic, like nothing to, to, to that. Oh, There's it's so like, obvious now. Oh, it's just so obvious and I cringe. Every time <laughs> I see I see a lot of it when it's just so heavy, I'm like, you don't have yeah. to do that. Yeah. If you just give value, that that should be, yes, you need call to action, et cetera, but if you give value, 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 value give, give, give us. Give, yep. give, 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 give us. Yep. You know, that's the way people need to adopt it. People are asking every day, right? Oh, and it comes totally. across as too much. It's too much. It's too much. Keep refining your processes and getting good at your craft. Yeah. And then people will come to you. Again, yeah. in the online world, a lot of people spend too much time on there trying to make a perfect post or trying to, to, you know, get more followers. And we've spoken about this before. Look after the clients and followers that you actually have. Yeah. Keep studying and learning to get better at your craft. And then naturally everything else will grow. It's easy to fall into a trap of, oh, as I knock my microphone over, it's easy to fall into a trap of just making posts for the sake of it. And it's mm. not bringing in anything. Yeah, like, exactly. yeah, don't do it. You don't have to post every day. I don't know who needs to hear that. Gary <laughs> V's oh, the opposite, oh. man. He's like post yeah, it's easy like when you've got seven a whole marketing times team. a day. I'm like Gary seven times a day. Post. Even I'd delete my head if it popped up seven times a day. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're not Gary V and he also has people posting for him, let's be real. Um, oh, yeah, and following him with cameras. Yeah, exactly. So very different. You don't have to post every day. My yeah. opinion is quality over quantity. Um, and I know there's going to be people that just say quantity. Um, but I don't think so. Again, if you're creating evergreen content and actually putting out um, quality, it's going to be there forever. Like, so yeah. just leave those blueprints uh, and stop worrying too much about just saturation because it's already saturated. So how yeah. are you going to stand out when there's like 60 million posts on the hashtag nutrition? Yeah, exactly. And I just, trending is going I'm to trying not to laugh when you say evergreen because you've said it twice. We're both in green T-shirts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, and you've got your green plant now behind you, I yes. know, because it kept catching fire in the winter. <laughs> yeah, that's what. It's, it's recovering. It's recovering. Oh, good. It actually looks quite nice in the backdrop yeah, there. Yeah, That's great. Yeah. Um, people replied to me and said they don't like the sun, so I put it in my background. I was like, oh, that plant. Oh, what plant is it? I don't know. <laughs> Someone told me, I can't remember, but it's the one that doesn't die. Um, doesn't it? Because I don't know. Unless, unless you pretty burn close. it with a magnifying glass. <laughs> um, Evergreen. Um, another thing that I noticed when I was fully online, the fact that there's less actual human interaction. So you might be talking to hundreds of people in your week, mm. but you need human interaction because sitting on a computer can get damn lonely. Yeah, for sure. Like business in itself, if you're doing it on your own, can be lonely. Yeah. So, you know, I think having teams and having other people and connections and stuff like that to be able to talk about your work because it's isolating, right? Like it's yeah. easy in the staff room when everyone gets it. Yeah. You know? And it's 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 harder when it's you on your own and only you're in your business to know what really goes on. You think it's so obvious to other people, but it's not. Only you're nah. in it. So, yeah, I, I definitely felt that void hugely at the start when I moved online because because I was interacting with hundreds of people a day. Hi, yep, like talking to so many different people and constantly getting that. And then when I went online, it was challenging for me at the start. And yeah. that's actually why I moved to like pretty much 50% um, video um, Zooming calls that's good. and then 50% app styled stuff in groups so that, yep. you know, just to be a little bit selfish for me, but then also for other people, like social engagement and connection, we know is just so important and nothing in person will ever replace online um, Zoom calls as well. I want to sort of make sure I say that, but it's 
it's definitely a lot easier for me to be able to communicate with someone through a Zoom screen than what it is a DM and an app. I find it incredibly difficult. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because it still feels like we catch up every week, even though yeah. we haven't seen each other in the flesh and what Years. since, yeah, or last WBFF when we went to the Gold Coast together, I think. Yeah, and it doesn't it feel like It blows my mind. Yeah, so you still get that element. But then in terms of actual human interaction, I mean, you get you still work with Luke and yeah. we still have friends and things that we catch up with. And, you know, I, I do the seminars and you do your, your team catch-ups. It's still very important to have some element where you actually see another human. Oh, for sure. And it's one of, yeah, it's one of the downfalls of online is Mm. that people paint the sexiness of the lifestyle you could have. But look, there's a reason why I switched to a desktop because you're not going out much with your laptop. Nowhere. It goes flat and it overheats. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) knowing that there's going to come a level and it's been hard on my body to go from nursing to desk work. I get it now. I really get it. Um, The sitting, I've got a foam roller under my feet now because my chairs never go low enough to the ground because my tibias aren't long enough. So there's (laughs) lots of things from sitting down that I've had to change with like training, um, with daily habits, with movement, with sleep, with setup. Um, yeah. to make sure that you're comfortable uh, in your body. Yeah, yeah, you definitely, that's the thing. And you definitely notice more aches and pains and it's actually harder to change body composition. You were doing so many steps a day at work and when I was a PT or hands-on therapist, so much movement incidentally in your day-to-day. And I remember the, the first comp prep that I sort of did, oh no, I, um, the last show I ever did, I was a little bit more online and it was just so much harder to, mm. to lose the weight just because yeah. I was spending so much more time sitting down. Yeah, I, I 100% noticed that. Like yeah. 100% noticed that um, even in my own like nursing midwifery, like when I would rotate, like if I went to a clinic where I'd be sitting for a lot of the day and still being active, but in comparison to working in birth suite, et cetera, yeah. that was uncontrollable. So there is the disadvantage of, yes, being more stationary because we're not designed to sit for like eight hours a day. We're just not. Yeah. Um, but then there's also the the benefit of them being like, okay, but I can make my lifestyle in a way that's going to allow me to be more active when I want to, you know, so you might have a sedentary job, but an active lifestyle. Whereas if I was rotated in clinic, I just had an active, uh, like a sedentary day uh, and I didn't have any choice. Right. So there is flexibility. Um, Of course, you're going to go through the initial period where it's unavoidable, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it can definitely be a con. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can we do our morning walks. We can spend as much time in the yeah. gym as we sort of need and, and make that effort. We can break up the sitting periods. Again, we're not stuck on the computer. Um, we choose when we want to be on the computer. Yeah. So pros and cons. Um, and one as well that I noticed when I first started, but then also with other people who have jumped online, the notifications never, ever, ever end, ever. Nah. So you have to be so disciplined and fight the urge to to straight away you know click on the ding or the noise that comes up and oh I'll quickly reply now even though it's 10 30 at night no don't do that but it is an easy vortex to get lost in yeah I definitely struggled with that as well like the notifications used to just kill me um and yeah I just had to really set boundaries and I think everyone has to go through that at the start of figuring out what's too much and then dialing it back a little bit uh for me like I have a whole day off during the week where I don't sort of log on or check anything and if there's any messages there like they're never life-threatening I can get back to them you know at another date and then you know over the weekend I don't really check stuff either so it's 
it's just about being, I think, clear um, with yep. yourself uh, as well about what your boundaries are because when you're in something that you're passionate about, you will want to, but it's yeah. about knowing that you just because you can doesn't mean you should. You want to preserve the energy, right, not the time. Like I know it'll be quick just to do it and I know it's there and it's on your mind, but you need to need to learn to leave those sorts of things, not yeah. check emails. I also think if you're responding, even if I see a client send me a message and it's like, past nine o'clock or 10 o'clock I'm like what are you doing yeah like, what are you doing go to bed like like yeah. we should. and so I don't want to do that from a business perspective is be on emails late at night or anything or respond to people to tell them that that's okay yes I'm up because one I'm not anyway so yeah I'm off by then because I'm like <laughs> I'm anal about my sleep but then yeah too like you the behavior that you role model is the behavior that you allow so yeah it goes both ways and they're always going if you respond at that time once they're gonna expect it the next time and then all of a sudden, if you're not responding, they will feel like, oh, my coach isn't replying to me or, you know, but that's why you have to, yeah, not only be clear with yourself, as you said, but then also tell them, hey, these are the days that I'm online or yeah. you can talk to me within these hours. Generally, I have Sunday off or whatever day off during the week, um, but you'll get an answer within X amount of time and just stick to those boundaries. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like there was an analogy Um like someone would give, I don't know, a homeless person $5 every day, just out of their goodwill, every day, every day, every day. And then all of a sudden they stopped. And then that person was like, hang on, where's my $5? Even though the person was literally just going out of their way to help them, you expect the good gesture. And then when it stops, you get really angry, even though you shouldn't be, because yeah. why should they get $5 every day? You know what I mean? So yeah. be careful about that. Yeah, I can't remember what the terminology is actually called for that, but it's under the uh, the sort of the, the framework that we get used to what we get given. So you see these yeah. people that earn a lot of money, you know, they, like money all of a sudden doesn't mean much to them. They don't remember what it feels like to be earning anything less. People mm. that always wear expensive clothes and designer stuff and all that sort of stuff, it just becomes their normal. They don't actually appreciate it and be like, wow, like, yeah. you know, live in expensive houses. We can know this from a body composition standpoint. Like you lean and you're still not feeling lean. Yeah. And then you look back and you're like, how did I not see that? You know, I know people call it as body dysmorphia, but there's a psychological way that we actually learn to tolerate. And this is the problem with business is it's never enough. So yeah. this is why that reflection piece is so important and coming back to gratitude and learning to appreciate what you've got is just not even a pillar for business, but just for life. Oh, there's always going to be more, particularly mm. for people like us, because the day that, you know, things are just running on their own and we don't get challenged, we'll be so bored and then we'll yeah. put something else on our plate. So mm. yeah, don't fall for that trap either. Yeah. So I guess we've covered a lot of the pros and a lot of the cons. And I also want to say that there's going to be pros and cons for people that are different to this. And it's also going to be context dependent on your business yeah. and your structure and who you are as a person and what you like doing. Some people I'm sure couldn't think of anything worse than having an online business. You know, there's a oh, lot yeah. of, so much admin and stuff that you've got to, you know, that we haven't even touched on. Um, but there's so many other things that, yeah, we haven't mentioned, but we, we might just finish it up with like a few dot points just to be able to make the transition from um working in person to online yeah definitely don't drop everything at once start to dabble in the new venture whether you start to get systems going or take on a couple of clients or get your product ready yeah. do some things behind the scenes while you're still working your full-time job now you're going to be exhausted because you're going to have to clock off from your job and then put the time into it or before work put the time into it and then go to your job but yeah, don't drop it all at once. I would say to transition into it. 
Yeah, for sure. Not only like from a physical standpoint, financial standpoint, but also like yeah. mental standpoint. So it doesn't seem like you're literally jumping off a cliff. Yeah. You know, you, you, the last thing you ever want to do is have like that sense of scarcity in your brain that you need to be hustling and grinding to mm-hmm. quote unquote make it. Um, <laughs> you just need to, you just need to, yes, be easy on yourself and transition slowly. Uh, and then, yeah, set boundaries with yourself. So like I said, nothing easy comes without hard work and grit like you know a lot more than what I anticipated going into business where I from now um but set boundaries with yourself because you've got to recognize that it's a marathon not a sprint and if you burn yourself out in that transition period there will be no business right exactly that's really important you know if I've had to have some hard conversations with coaches in the past that are burning themselves out trying to grow business and I'm like if you burn out like there is nothing so you may as well treat it like a marathon and just again reflect and learn to appreciate with where you're at and you know allow yourself to get there when the time's right yeah yeah it's definitely not worth sacrificing your health over no at all like physical or mental physical or mental it is not worth it um and then as we said clear communication with your clients and yeah following off the back end of setting those boundaries allow your clients in on your boundaries okay they don't have to be the personal ones but in terms of your work hours say hey this is when you can reach me this is not this is part of the service and this is not okay because people again think they sign on with someone or get a product and then they they can have you whenever they want. It's mm. it's still not the case. We need to protect our energy because then when we protect our energy, we can actually help them better. But if we're, you know, as we say, pouring from an empty cup, again, it's not going to help them. So set the boundaries and communicate them clearly with your clients. Yeah. And one that I just wanted to add on to finish sort of with is create and systemize. So mm. systemize everything you do, even if it's the most trivial thing. That's something when I first started on my own that I was like, oh, you know, I should have just systemized that, made a policy or a procedure so that I could give it to someone else when they come in and allow yeah. that to happen. Systemize everything, even if you don't think it's worth it. Like I have a Google document with everything, like policies, procedures, onboarding, offboarding, transferring, everything, just right. because it makes it easier because, again, you're in your business. It seems obvious to you. It's not to other people. And it obviously depends depends on your long-term vision um, and what you want to get to, but systemize everything and create. Like when I say create, create new ways of doing things, create a point of difference, create content, create marketing, um, create a brand, create, like that's what business is. You you can't just come into things and copy, you know, you need to create to be innovative. Yeah. And spend time with real life humans as well. The ones that aren't on Zoom, the ones that are, you can actually be in the same room with and feel their energy and, and be humans with as well. That's very important. So important. Fill your own cup up before you yep. fill others. Yep. Awesome. Awesome episode. So we <laughs> hope that we've given some insight into, you know, moving into the online space and what that could look like. And then also just a bit of like um, realistic expectations about not only the pros, but then also the cons that can come with it. Because as Danny mentioned, there's, there's pros and cons for every single job, every single business and everything that you're going to be able to go through. Uh, and a lot of the time it is painted as this fairy tale picture. No one shows the grind mm. that goes on behind a computer screen because it ain't as sexy. So definitely there. Um, And as always, if you did enjoy this episode, please do take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. Thanks, everyone.